Welcome to the Broken Pie Chart Podcast, episode 99. I'm your host, Derek Moore, and this week we're going to be asking, is the S&P 500 index too overvalued? Or in other words, is its current forward P-E ratio too high? Or the contrarian argument is, given where rates are, maybe it's not too high. And so there's something called the earnings yield and the implied P.E. ratio based upon bond yields. So sort of break all that down. Now, before we begin, I'll just say, obviously, longtime listeners know that buying the market is, you know, not trying to time the market, but whenever I'm an advocate of, of buying the market, but being hedged. And so take whatever I say with a grain of salt. I'm going to prevent, present two different sides to sort of the, the argument on this, give you some tools, give you some calculations that you can easily do where to find this stuff. But longtime listeners know that, I mean, look, I'm a huge proponent of uh, the whole buying but hedging strategy, buy and hedge. And I'll also link to the book by that title by uh, my frequent semi-co-host guest, Jay Pastorcelli. Uh, he should be back uh, on a future episode really soon, actually. We're working on that now. But it's the idea of, you know, when you go and you invest in the market, you have some downside protection, some sort of a floor, a downside floor in the portfolio that if your timing's really bad or if the market sells off materially, you still have protection, okay? So that takes some of the guesswork out of this and the whole idea, Was it is it too high? Is it not too high? I mean, look, there's a lot of people who have not bought. Um, they didn't buy after 2009, 2008, and they were in cash for a long time. And people right now are probably making some decisions like, oh, maybe I'll hold off, wait for the market to retrace. What if it never retraces? So much better to just be long the market, but have good hedging strategies in place that protect the downside. And there's actually other, you know, reasons to do that. Sometimes if there's a material downturn and you miss most of it, obviously, well, I shouldn't say obviously, but one of the, it's called the hedger's opportunity. You can actually buy more shares lower or use the hedging profits to buy more shares. So uh, I'll maybe link to another episode we did on that. Uh, but for now, let, let's talk through you know, the idea of, of the market valuation where it is right now. So we know that the last four quarters, that's what has happened. That's what has happened. And, you know, we don't have Q4 earnings yet for 2020. Those are, you know, those are starting to be released right now. You'll hear some of the big names, I think, coming up. Uh, Netflix is in January. I think Tesla is in February, um, you know, you got Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, all the big ones. But, you know, there's a lag. So we won't know the final full year earnings on the S&P until really the end of Q1. But the estimate is, you know, they will come in around, I don't know, buck 40, 100, I shouldn't say buck 40, uh, $140. And by the way, when I say $140, what I mean is that We've got, uh, you know, you're looking at what's called um, the price of the index. Okay, so it closed uh, the other day at 38.2468, and then it looks at 
the aggregate earnings and they turn that into a per share, uh, you know, basis, right? So the S&P, for example, going forward, the estimate for 2021 is, is $170. So when we say $170, that's the, the earnings on the index, right? So 38, 24, 68. And so you, you've got that. Um, 2022, the estimate is about $195. So keep in mind, though, that, uh, you know, that those are estimates. The estimates can change. And companies can beat the estimates. So we really don't know what the, the earnings are going to be until they actually hit. But what analysts do is they try and come up with what they think, best guess, guesstimate, uh, best estimate of what the earnings, you know, might be. So the index where it is right now, obviously the, the P-E ratio is your price divided by your earnings. And so if next year is expected to be $170 a share and the index closed at you know, 3,824.68 on Friday, well, then what? Then we take the 3,824 and change divided by the 170 and it's currently trading at 22.5 times forward earnings, so forward 2021 earnings, based on those estimates. Those estimates can change. Let's say those estimates are wrong and companies actually report 10% higher or there's a raise that they think companies are going to report you know, 10% higher. Well, then it would be $187 a share and the forward PE multiple would come down to 20.45. So those things are, are a little bit fluid. Now, the reason why everyone's making a big deal about this is because uh, the 25-year average PE is about 16.59 forward PE, okay? And the 22 and a half is outside of, you know, it's on the high side based upon historicals because it's, uh, it's outside the one standard deviation. So the 25-year average, you know, about 16.59. The forward PE is about 22.5. So that's one of the things that people are, are pointing to. Uh, it's worth noting, by the way, that uh, obviously the 2008-2009 crisis was a lot more involved. You had housing, loans, all those types of things. Uh, but the PE going into 2008 uh, believe it or not, you know, it was below the 25-year average. So I point that out because it's it's not the be-all, end-all of, of where stocks will be. Um, but a lot of people, of course, point to the dot-com year in 99. The, the forward PE got, you know, above uh, right around 25 or so, I think was when, uh, where that was. And so we look at this and we say, okay, you know how to do a forward PE. The other thing that people look at is they look at something called the earnings yield. And this is what a lot of value investors do. If you read uh, uh, like Greenblatt's uh, book on value, it's uh, escaping right now. The little book that, that still beats the market or I forget the title, but you can, you can Google it. Uh, but one of the things that, that value investors do is they look at a business and then they look at the earnings as sort of the, the yield on the money that you pay. In other words, you know, if if you buy a business and 
the earnings of that, let's say you bought a business for $100,000 and you make $4,000 net income, you would say the earnings yield is 4% because that's what the yield on, on your investment is. And there's some people who go back and forth between whether that's a good way of looking at it or not. But so the earnings yield is actually the, the inverse of the PE ratio. So the PE ratio is your price divided by your earnings. Price of the S&P, 382468 divided by the earnings estimated of next year, let's say 170. That gets us that 22.5 forward PE, meaning it's not happened yet. It's trading at um, 22.5 times its next year's estimates, okay, in the future. But if we flip that, instead of P divided by E, you do E divided by P, so the earnings divided by the price. And if we took the 170 divided by the 3824.68, the earnings yield on a forward basis, so if you actually do earn that based upon what the price is right now, um, it's about 4.4%. So that's your earnings yield. And if we look at the 2022 estimates, which are about 195, I think that's the consensus street estimate, um, that would be a forward 2022 uh, PE of 19.61 and an earnings yield of 5.1%. Okay, so why do I bring this up? Well, one of the things that there's an, I forget what year this came out, but they call it the Fed model. Uh, Other people I've heard refer to it as the Yardini model or Yardini Fed model. That's Ed Yardini. You can Google him and um, I think they, they post some stuff online. But it's this idea that if you look at the earnings yield of the S&P, and then you look at bond yields. The idea is that if uh, the bond yield is greater than the earnings yield, then you know maybe stocks are um, more expensive. And if the earnings yield is greater than the bond yield, well, then maybe stocks are a little cheaper. So there's been any number of, of papers and studies on this, whether it works, doesn't work, right? Uh, but it's just, it's just this idea that you look at, okay, um, I could buy a bond. In theory, I could buy a bond and I would get paid X percent over the next year of uh, what I paid for it. Uh, or I could buy a business, buy a stock, and the earnings are theoretically what you know the income is on the stock. Now, there, there's an issue with this, too, because if you buy a bond, barring defaults, uh, you're going to get your principal back as long as the bond doesn't go into default, where if you buy a stock, there's no guarantee that you'll ever get your principal back, right? If the stock goes down, there's no guarantee it ever comes back. No guarantee with bonds either, but um, kind of get the, the idea there. So they used to use, uh, I saw studies where they used the U.S. Treasury, and they use the U.S. Treasury yield because that's, uh, you know, you look at what's the yield on the U.S. Treasury, what's the earnings yield, and if the earnings yield is greater than the U.S. Treasury yield, then, you know, maybe stocks are still have room to run. The challenge with that, and I was thinking about this too, you know, you've got the Fed in there buying treasuries. And we know that when you're buying, let's say, bonds and bond prices go up, yields go down. 
So it is a little problematic to use the U.S. Treasury, in my opinion. Um, and, and I'll sh- kind of explain that in a second. But one of the ones that uh, I've noticed being used is, is uh, the Moody's B, capital B, lowercase a, lowercase a, the BAA bond yield, um, which is equivalent to the, the triple B and if you were looking at the rating system from S&P. And that's, that's pretty much the lowest uh, rung on the investment grade ladder for bonds. So bonds, of course, are investment grade, and then you have junk. Uh, but triple B and above, BAA and, and above, that's uh, uh, considered investment grade. And so the, the BAA or triple B um, yield is about 3.31% as of the close of, of the week. I'll put a link to this. You actually can find this. It's the Moody's BAA seasoned um, current yield. So the seasoned bonds, not just brand new bonds. Um, I'll put a link to that. That's on the FRED site, F-R-E-D, the St. Louis uh, Reserve Bank site. Tons of free information on there. And so if you would look at the the forward earnings yield right now of, you know, 4.4% in stocks, and you look at this BAA yield of 3.31%, well, you would say that the, the earnings yield on stocks is still, at least on the S&P, is still higher than the, the BAA. So the other thing that you can do is, is some people do, I do this, and I'll just explain it. You can make up your own mind whether uh, this is relevant or not. Uh, but a bond yield can create what's called an implied P.E. ratio. An implied P.E. ratio takes um, – so remember, when, when you're looking at uh, – let's go back to stocks. So a 22.5 P.E., a 22.5 P.E., um, it's basically your P.E. is your price divided by your earnings. So if you wanted to, to do an earnings yield, you could actually do one divided by – the P.E. ratio, so one divided by 22.5, and that gets you the 4.4, okay? Um, You can do sort of some of the same math with a bond yield. And so if we use that 3.31%, the implied P.E., we could take one divided by 0.0331, which is the decimal, of course, of the percentage. And the implied P.E. there is about 30.21 which is higher than the current forward PE on the markets. So somebody using this, and this is kind of the Fed model stuff, and but somebody using this would say that, okay, so actually the implied PE based upon the bond yield is higher than the, the forward PE on stocks. So therefore, bonds are, are more expensive than stocks. And this is why I don't think using the U.S. Treasury is – really is relevant because if you have the Fed in there sort of, you know, controlling some of these rates by bond buying, uh, you know, let's say even if you, if you had a, a one <laughs> yield of one on uh, on the 10-year U.S. Treasury, you know, that, that implies a, a P.E. of like 100. So, uh, but, you know, there's still charts out there that use that. So are stocks expensive based upon the valuation are bonds less expensive? This is one of the ways that you know people sort of look at this, and so they look at the PE ratio, the forward PE ratio, based upon estimates. I can't stress this enough; they're just estimates. 
companies can beat the estimates, they can miss estimates, and analysts can raise their estimates. Uh, 2021 is a, a long year, so a lot of things happen. Uh, earnings could be much higher. They could be right around where they're estimated to be. They could be lower. And But, you know, you look at the forward PE and then you look at the uh, the bond yield. And again, I'll put a link in the show notes how to, how to find that. And you look at the earnings yield, you look at it, which of course is the earnings. It's the inverse of the PE, the earnings divided by the price. And you compare it to the, you know, like a, a investment grade uh, bond yield going forward. And so it's just, it's sort of one way to, uh, to look at this. Um, the other thing I'll mention too is that, you know, a lot of people try and look at what the market will return in the future based upon the forward P.E. ratio. I mean, this is where I go back to why not, if you're going to buy, just buy and be hedged, just have downside protection. That way you're still in the game. You can uh, participate in a percentage of the, the upward movement without you know missing out completely, but at the same time have that downside protection. But to give you some ideas on this, uh, J.P. Morgan has their guide to the markets and they've got a slide, P.E. ratios and equity returns. And what they did was they ran, let me see when this goes back. This goes back to 95. And they basically did a, a regression and they said, you know, if the forward P.E. is X, uh, then Y is the theoretical, you know, next, next year's return. And I think what they found, the R-squared on this was only like 8%, which means that, you know, uh, the higher the R-squared, the more predictive or, you know, cemented in, in uh, analysis that that regression is. Um, now, they didn't do anything wrong. They're just using the data. I'm saying that the data itself. And it hasn't really been a, you know, a completely awesome predictor of future returns. You see where... You know, PEs were, forward PEs were in the 14s. And you had minus 40 results, you had plus 40 results. Um, where it's it looks a little bit better, uh, but it's still only got an R-squared of 44%. Meaning an R-squared of 100% would mean, yeah, historical results, pretty much when you have X, you have Y, and, and you can sort of plot it. Uh, 44 is better than eight, but uh, on a five-year forward return, it looks like, you know, when, when PEs, at least since 95, when PEs are this high, um, on a five-year basis, the, the expected returns are lower. But I'll, I'll just caution people because, you know, we've been hearing all sorts of predictions for many years and some come true, some come don't come true. But um, so what should you be watching for? Well, if you're sort of interested in valuations, uh, you should be looking at a couple things you should be watching the earnings. And if you watch the earnings, you can see whether margins are increasing or decreasing, whether revenues are decreasing or increasing. And also, of course, the, the share buybacks. It was announced recently that banks can start buying their shares back again. Uh, I don't remember the exact details on that. But uh, reducing the share count certainly helps the, uh, the PE ratio, right? Because if you have less shares, more earnings per share. Uh, so, but you should be watching the earnings. We're coming into earnings season here in Q1. Uh, the analyst will be updating their, 
their forward projections. So you want to watch that. You want to watch bond yields. Um, but again, it all comes down to, uh, and I'll link to this, if you're going to buy, why not just buy and be hedged? Uh, because trying to pick these markets and trying to decide, hey, you know, now's the time to buy versus another time to buy, um, it gets a little bit, a little bit difficult. Um, all right, so hopefully, you know, we covered a lot of ground there. So earnings yield, it's just the inverse of PE, earnings divided by the price instead of the price divided by the earnings. We talked about bond yields versus earnings yield and the implied PE, which is basically one divided by the decimal of whatever the, the bond yield is. And so a couple of things that you can do on your own, hopefully that's helpful. And next week we'll be back for episode number 100. So appreciate everyone who listens. And uh, we've seen you know, the numbers go up uh, over time. I love getting the emails and questions. You can, uh, I'll put a link to where you can do that. A lot of these episodes are listener recommendations. Uh, this is one where they didn't exactly say do a podcast, but I got a question on this. I said, you know, I'll turn that into a podcast. Uh, but next week for number 100, we'll probably have a, uh, a guest on and we'll be back then. All right. Have a great week. <laughs>